everybody, welcome to Hopes on the Sticks. I'm Bert. And I'm Matt. Alright. So, how's your week been going, Matt? Fucking terrible. My goddamn AC is controlled by my absentee landlord, and my balls are melting. Ah. That sucks. How's yours? Uh, <laughs> better. Um, so, uh, flew out to uh, L.A. Uh, last Monday. Got back Wednesday. Uh, so, went over to the uh, the train terminal uh, where my uh, my company does the IT logistics for the train terminal. You know for the vessels taking off containers and then right. all the machinery moving shit around and then uh, having trucks and uh, the rail system uh, take them out and in again. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Did you take some pictures? I want to see something. Uh, just the one. I, I didn't take much pictures. I, I only was taken around once. So mostly... We're at this building next to what's called the gate, which is where the truck's coming in and out. And uh, just one of the three days that I actually went out to the yard, you usually like, don't go out there uh, because you don't really want people like walking out there because of all the, the semis and heavy machinery and not, not wanting people yeah, to die. Really. So, but uh, hopefully next time I go there, uh, I can go there like um, when they're off shift, maybe go up one of those cranes, which are fucking huge. Yeah, like the uh, container offloaders. Yeah, for, from the vessel to the yard. Or actually, it goes from the vessel. So they pick it up from the vessel and move it over you know, over land onto the dock and then drop it onto a, uh, a truck that then carries it over to somewhere else in the yard for a, uh, what's called a, uh, top handler that picks it up and then puts it on top of the stack, uh, and then, uh, wait for a truck to come and then the top handler or, uh, an, what's called an RTG, which is like a small crane that just like takes stuff from the container and puts it on the pile. Um, and then, yeah, then the truck comes in, then it puts it on top of the empty chassis, locks it in, and then it goes off. Inversely, uh, can come from a truck or the rail system and then put it on the pile, and then eventually they take it from the pile and put it on a an empty vessel that then goes out to China or whatever. Yeah, hurry up. I'm, I'm waiting on my wish order already. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. Got some cheap sunglasses. Yeah, it's pretty congested uh, with the vessels right now. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, they're, so we can, so our terminal can work on three different vessels at the same time. So That's pretty awesome. I mean, how many containers is that? Just to give anybody some... Give, give me some scale. I know how big they are, but these things are... Those are pretty big-ass ships. Yeah. Uh, thousands of containers per ship. 
three at a time. Amazing. Yeah. You're gonna have to come up with some kind of excuse if you want to get up in that crane, man. No, uh, they're not gonna just let you. They're not gonna let you up there. Anyway, a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of my coworkers uh, went up there. You just gotta go on when uh, it's off shift or during lunch. Ah, gotcha. these are all union guys, so they don't like work, you know, any longer than they have to. I hear that. I was about to say, did you uh, did you clear up that little uh, union scuffle that was out there? Was that affecting your yard? No, I don't think so. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> well, that's part of the logjam, is they <laughs> they're pressing their advantage. They have a pretty big advantage already. They get paid like surgeons. Uh, yeah, the box has to come in to get that surgical equipment to the surgeons. No, I'm just saying that the union guys get paid like surgeons. I hear you. Yeah, sure. A lot. Why not? Uh, I mean, I, I've seen <laughs> seen them work. Uh, it's just a whole bunch of repetitive shit over and over again. One guy is just his whole job just to stand there and make sure that the containers lined up to the uh, chassis and like a little bit left a little bit right okay where's my three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> i mean if he doesn't line those up right what ends up happening it's this massive ripple effect of everyone's shit not showing up on time i'm just saying for, for the the amount of skill required for that job to how much they're getting compensated. Like, it, okay, if it doesn't, like... And it, it's not like it goes perfectly like the first time. Like, I see it, like, you know, go up and down, like, three or four times before they get it in right. It's, like, it's not like they're fucking surgical in their jobs. Where it's, like, always right pretty much every single time. Well, he's talking to a crane operator. He's not... Right? Uh, yeah. By talk... Okay, by, by talking... crane operator's not moving it, like, millimeters at a time. <laughs> it's not like you have to be, like, super, super precise. Like, you just... You know, they, like, they go on... What what they... They basically look like uh, almost cones. So, like, you know, they'll slide in if it's close enough. And then you just turn them to lock them in and that's it then you then they go say the job used to be a whole mm. hell of a lot harder which you know which okay yeah you, you get these you pay these guys a whole shit time because they're fucking you know breaking their backs uh but now now with the new technology they still get paid like really really well even though their job is like significantly easier Hmm. So you're saying fire all of them? Got it. Yeah, one day, once it becomes all complete auto automated, some some uh, some terminals are. Wow. A hundred percent. There's not a single person close, watching a single thing close to like, it, like working the crane or lining it up. That's what I was told. 
I mean, I guess... Yeah, That's amazing. I mean, I'm sure you have mechanics there, but... Uh, and yeah, sure, mechanics... Uh, yeah, pay them a shit ton of money. <laughs> those are very intricate machines, yeah, some of those, breaks. especially the cranes. Yeah, actually, most of them. So, uh, yeah, besides those guys, which I don't even know if they're, like, union guys, that might be a different deal. Anyway... But, uh, but yeah, main takeaway is, yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, oh, and the, uh, the company paid for, uh, a nice pair of, uh, work boots. Got some, uh, Red Wings. Cost 150 Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it cost 150 bucks. And they just gave me, like, this voucher. It's like, okay, go to this store, pick out whatever shoe, work shoe you want. And give it to them, you know, as long as it's under two hundred dollars, you're good to go. If and if it's over, you just pay the difference. So, score. Yeah, hundred fifty dollar Red Wings, uh, and it came with some uh, work gloves too, which is pretty cool. Nice. Conversely, my boots actually got stolen. Oh, that sucks. I know. I don't even know who the hell took them. I don't know how. Uh, who the hell would steal an old shitty pair of boots? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I had them sitting there in the back office. And I think that I left the door unlocked. And somebody just sort of opened up the door and snagged my boots. It's it's a really weird scenario. Yeah. Where my boots are sitting there, right? And this is the winter. And the door is unlocked. And it opens up into, like, a conference room. Mm -hmm. And that's where I store my bike. It's just an unused conference room uh, where we do training for uh, the people who use our software, use our, our product. They sometimes come on site, come to us, and we, my boss will train 10, 20 people at a time. And so this is just a back conference room that's never used. And somebody opens up the door and just pokes their head in real quick and sees a pair of boots right there that clearly need new soles and think, oh yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> this is the treasure of El Dorado right here. This is what I was looking for. Perfect crime. This is perfect, yeah. No one's ever going to know this. Yoink. So that's pretty cool, man. Got yourself a new pair of boots. Yep. You get to go around LA. A little bit. The uh, the guy I went with, my coworker, he, he was the one who rented the car, so I couldn't uh, couldn't really drive around. But there's like there was stuff around the hotel, the pier, and um, some good restaurants and shit. So. I know nothing of LA. I I assume you were on the coast. Yeah. So West LA, all right. <laughs> You're not going East Los on us. Uh, no. No, pretty much. Did you ever see the movie American Me? No, I haven't. Oh man, if you want to, if you want to see a movie about uh, East Los Angeles's uh, gang, uh, gangs of the 1980s, it's got Edward James Olmos in it. Huh. Every other line in the movie is "Oh, dale." It's a pretty good movie. Mm. 
And it takes place in East Los Angeles, as opposed to where you were, which... Yep. Didn't get much more west nice. than where I was. Yeah, Los Angeles is huge. Yeah. I got a friend out there right now. Well, he's not in L.A. He's, he's much further north. He says the, it's just like uh, he basically lives in a suburb, a suburb in north central. Okay. Uh, where is that? Santa Maria. So that's like four hours north. So he's in that middle part of California that nobody ever talks about. All right. Uh, so like San Luis Obispo and stuff like that. And uh, he always warns me that he's going out there. His, that's where he grew up, and so his parents are out there, so he goes out there to check on them, see how they're doing, whatnot. Right. And a second he is going there, I know that I'm going to get the call. And it's the call of, I'm bored. <laughs> this guy is 13 years old, but the second he goes back out there, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Kurt, if you're listening to this, go to the beach. There's stuff out there. Adventure awaits. Yeah, anything awaits. Just, I, I don't care. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the podcast. How about that? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, right? Get the street cred going. And, of course, you know, he retorts with, I'm not that bored. <laughs> Not that bored. Listen to your shitty ass podcast. Yeah, I know, right? Oof, super burn. Got me. Oh, uh, er. Let's see your art guy. He doesn't have anything to say to that. <laughs> just goes and cries in his beer. Mm-hmm. All right, this is a great episode. Us just shitting all over Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh... Other big news, we haven't uh, mentioned this yet. Uh, my wife Sharon is pregnant, and we're expecting a baby in December. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering whether or not you were going to you were gonna broadcast that on the podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah, it's uh, now like whenever she's like, goes like, oh no, I was like, what, what? freaking out at every little thing that she says that yeah, you know, like uh, any kind of noise that she makes that does not sound positive try not to let that to uh, go to her head <laughs> <laughs> nah but uh, it's like the kid's 38 years old alright I'm not falling for it again <laughs> nah I, th- I think uh, once the kid starts walking I'll uh won't worry so much. It's like, ah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Or slash, we have the second one. It's like, eh, I mean, whatever. You know, we get, yeah, <laughs> we got, we right. got a spare. It's fine. <laughs> That's why you have multiple kids. Uh, yeah, heard that. That's why. Yeah, I'm laughing like my family isn't huge. Seven kids is way too many kids. Let's just put it that way. This day and age, it's don't, kind of a don't, lie. Don't, don't have that many. Like, you know, back like, you know, 
200 years ago where like half of you were going to survive yeah sure but oh man y'all survived I don't know if... <laughs> yeah, alright. Hey, hey, hey. Alright, cool. <laughs> it's pretty rough being number six of seven. You're like, you know, was I supposed to be here? <laughs> was this was this pl- was this planned? <laughs> That's the real joke of it. Uh no, none of them. None of us were. Yeah. Zero. Zero planned. So do you know do you know yet? Are you going to do a giant gender reveal party and burn down half the country? I mean, we live in Arizona, so that'd be hard to do. It's like we'd burn, like, one tree and then let all the rocks surrounding the tree. <laughs> well, you're just going to have to step your game up, you know? Everybody's everybody's getting more and more destructive, letting everyone know the presumed gender of their child. So... I'll see if I can get the uh, Jewish space laser to just burn it into the ground. That's that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at, all right? You need to carve out the name out of the Rockies or something. It's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, and then when he, you know, then when he decides that he's a she, uh, you know, just, you know, just like cross it out. Yeah. Or just put uh, it, uh, just put like a carrot, you know, arrow, was a boy. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. So you don't know yet? No. Still too early You, to you don't know until like halfway through the pregnancy. Okay, got it. So I think another eight weeks, I'd say, so about another two months. All right, nice. I just saw a fun thing on uh, on Imgur or Imager or however the hell you say it. Of uh, apparently, if you get an MRI of your uh, uh, of the kid, it's it's like not advised, just because of how terrifying the picture is. Mm-hmm. Because like the baby doesn't have like eyelids or something like that, so it's just like this this amorphous alien shape with. <laughs> With uh, with the with non-oval eyeballs, yeah. Look it up; it's fantastic. That's all right. So, Sharon has an app that uh, shows uh, a CGI image of what it's approximately supposed to look at at this point in time. Interesting. What's that called? Uh, I don't know. It's some pregnancy app. It tells you also like. Uh, it gives you, like, all the, okay, this is uh, when you could tell the gender, this is, you know, like, you know, like, they have, like, a whole thing, like, okay, this is when your first sonogram is supposed to be second sonogram, you know, whatever. Uh, this is uh, when your kid has a heartbeat, this is when uh, the brain starts developing, you know, it gives you, like, all the stat, all the info, and says, like, you know, this is the approximate size of a eight-week-old fetus. You know, all right, all right. It gives you yeah. like in three different things, like uh, uh, by vegetable or by candy or by whatever, like how big it is. It's like it's like it's as big as a date or a gumball. <laughs> oh 
Okay. Yeah. All right. It's as big I mean, as a soda gummy. Are, are inches and millimeters not in popular use anymore? Do people not... Okay, all right, whatever. That's another popular thing on Imgur. Apparently everybody uses uh, bananas for uh, reference. Mm. Like how many? How big is that in bananas? <laughs> There's a lot of weird in-jokes on that, on that website. Mm. That's one of them. So the baby is the size of a quarter banana. Does that sound right? Um, sure. Somewhere around that, I guess. Very exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, the even more exciting uh, mid-December. Uh, just like, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it was cool, like, you know, when you find out and then, you know, you, then you tell everybody... And then it's pretty much just a waiting game, <laughs> at least for me. Uh, it's a puking game for Sharon. Right. It's like trying to figure out when she should eat, you know, so she minimizes her risk of throwing up. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah, but hopefully that goes away pretty soon. We're <clears throat> starting around the corner on the first trimester. I don't. I have no idea. I uh, of. Uh, with how gross my sisters are, they never talked about it. Mm. So, the so what it's thought of what causes morning sickness is um, this hormone. I think it's a hormone that gets produced by the ovaries to not uh, abort the baby. You know, they keep they keep it in. Uh, so it, it's it's creating that. A hormone that uh, tells your body to, you know, not throw it all out. Now, eventually, when the placenta forms around the uh, the fetus, then that produces a different hormone that does the same thing, and then the ovaries stop producing their hormone, and that's why, and that's when women usually stop getting uh, morning sickness is when that transition happens which is around the second trimester all right i'll get them on the phone <laughs> if she needs any help or any advice or no nah, she's got her mom and my anything mom. like that i mean yeah for real it's not, i don't think i don't think they changed it in the past few decades <laughs> yeah, fifteenth opinion never hurt. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's about it for now. Uh, nice. So. Sorry, I was trying to look up topics, and mostly all I was stuck on was uh, my home buying stuff. <laughs> I've been consumed with that. Uh, so I've still been I don't know how thrilling that would be to talk about yeah, I, <clears throat> well, I've still been playing Returnal kind of hitting a brick wall where like I'm trying to get to like the third boss which is at the third level but like you know you, you, mm -hmm. you restart like stat wise every time you die 
So you kind of have to like grind to have a, any kind of chance against that boss. So you have to kind of go through the other levels. And so I've been kind of just like dying a lot. Like especially, uh, usually a good amount of the time I get through the first level now. So I'm getting better. But now I'm just like dying like either the beginning of the third level or around the end of the second level. So... But, uh, but yeah, every once in a while some, something new happens, like, uh, like, uh, this, one of my corpses I found, like, started, like, attacking me and, like, growing tentacles and shit, so, that was interesting. <laughs> Damn. I definitely started playing, uh, Ghost of, Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima a lot more. Oh, cool. Where you at now? You finally got that armor? Uh, I finally found what's her face, Lady Asakal or Asoka. Asako. 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 Yeah, finally got myself a nice piece of armor, got a helmet and whatnot, and now I can kill people a lot more effectively. Finally, was able to up it from easy to medium. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Learning some moves, figuring out the buttons. This game is deep. It's really all about. Like the kill combos, trying to figure out the, you know, you can't just mash the buttons and just kill people a certain way. Yeah, you have to like, this all, you have to be tactical about it where you gotta, it's like, oh, here's this guy, like here's a spearman, let me take him out first. So you switch stances to the spearman stance, spearman killing stance, right. take him out, then right. yeah, you're basically like switching stances like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta switch the stance, then you gotta hit the buttons the right way based on how their movements are going. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you gotta be very reactive to how it is. You can't just hit the same buttons over and over and over again like how every other game has ever been. So that's different. Yeah. And so, like, depending on where you are, like, you're doing a whole bunch of, like, dodge rolling. So if you're in, like, a muddy spot, like, you turn, like, super muddy, like, really quick... I haven't found the mud level yet. Where is the mud at? What, do you got to get to the beach for that? Uh, no, you'll find it. It's just places that are muddy. Okay. Kind of sounds like I'm going to be uh, hitting that up later today, probably immediately after this podcast, or while we're talking, maybe. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, go straight. it's pretty good. So uh, you got the bow and arrow too, right? Oh, hell yeah. That was the first thing I, got, I found, because I couldn't find the lady with the armor, so I had to had to find a way of killing somebody. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's great. I usually just kill everybody with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can, like, throw bombs at people? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They just sort of threw that... They kind of threw that little thing in there. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, you can also throw grenades at people. The, the equivalent of a grenade yeah. in in 14th century Japan or wait where are we <laughs> is this 15th century is Mongols so this has got to be what like 15th century or so um I don't know sure hmm well if the Mongols are a thing <clears throat> so this is I'll go so this that. is after Genghis Khan like a like right. a generation after Genghis Khan 
I think his right Kubla yeah Kubla is the emperor now during this time mm-hmm. great game highly advise oh yeah yeah and it uh, yeah, keeps staying good um, yeah the story's good uh, for yeah, especially for such a like an open world sandbox sandbox kind of game uh, the narrative is pretty tight absolutely yeah man I love getting if I eat like a 10 milligram gummy and just get loaded and I'm just like riding my horse through the countryside it's just gorgeous oh yeah yeah it's quite amazing next thing I know like two hours has gone by I'm like oh shit did I even just did I even do anything turns out I was just dreaming I had passed out 10 minutes into that ride. <laughs> I, should, I should have discovered more. Like, no, I just passed out, left the game running, and just, yeah. <laughs> just woke up there, some fox whining at you. Asshole, it's been like two hours, you gotta yeah, follow me? Right. You're supposed to follow me. The pet, the fox petting is, uh... Yeah, I just, I just ride around trying to find that. <laughs> good stuff yeah gotta find enough foxes to get the, the enough shrines to get the charm slot put the charm in so you're better at shooting people in the face with an arrow yes yes because that's how you get better at things <laughs> yep so it's a little tedious yeah a little bit and then there's uh, those uh, have you found those bamboo shoot mini games where you like slice through them with your katana yeah I found one of them yeah found the first one so far because I don't do the game properly (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I would have found that a hell of a lot faster if I had just gone to the place I think Hiyoshi Springs is like the first major town yeah that you can go to so yeah, I would have found it about 15 minutes in, but no, somebody had to spend 15 hours clearing fog. <laughs> huh? It's another way to find them. But, uh... Yeah, the hot springs thing is pretty funny. The uh, the onsen thing. Mm-hmm. You just get some gratuitous man-ass every single time you find yeah. them. <laughs> I figured it was a good idea to just go ahead and find those first. To maximize how much maximum health I have. Right. Because you got 18 of those things. Okay, I'll just find every one of those and then kick ass throughout the rest of the game. So, that has been the majority of the game so far, is just my character's man ass. <laughs> and thinking about things. Right, <laughs> and thinking about things. What would you like to think about? <laughs> I know, right? What is the purpose? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You know. <laughs> sure. Throw it in there. Well, I'm making it in a hot spring. Might as well start thinking about my uncle. Right. Yeah. I'm like, what? What are these topics? It's like, you were here. Would you like to think about mother? I'm like, all right. I guess. Yeah. So how many haikus have you written? I think I've gotten to two. 
There was the terrible one I think I was telling you about. Right. Just didn't turn out very good at all. The second time I think I did better I think I did a better job of it. You're catching me flat footed, I didn't uh, write down I didn't memorize what I wrote. <laughs> what I wrote. What they provided. Right. The fill in your blank, choose your own haiku thing. <laughs> I, on occasion, you hear music notes when you select uh, a verse. I feel like I'm not selecting them right. Because <laughs> I, 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 I select two out of three, and I'm like, oh, okay, that note sounded good. But then you select the third one, and then it just sounds discordant. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. It's like, I guess I didn't match these up properly. And then I read it back to myself, and I'm like, this haiku sucks. <laughs> so i got to work on my skills, I guess. <laughs> yes, I mean... Kind of just <clears throat> choosing one of three in all three verses. Right, but I mean, they can... Yeah, they can, fl they they can flow into some each other better, sense. yeah. Right, yeah, they should make a little bit of sense, so... So, I don't, I mean, this last one I tried going with the, you know, you you look up and there's the sky, so there's something to do with the sky. Mm -hmm. And you, look, you have a chance to look up again. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll just keep looking up. Third time, nope. <laughs> strong like a fortress or some dumb shit. <laughs> we're, gr we're growing strong. I'm like, what the fuck? That's the best I got? This sucks. I better come up with some some better poetry throughout this game. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. It's going to be severely disappointing if the poetry doesn't improve. <laughs> what other games you playing? Um, what's the maiden one? Playing that. Playing Hearthstone. Uh, I was playing a bit of Overlord again, which is like Pikmin except... Uh, goofier. Well, uh, goofier is the right word. You, you, instead of like some uh, some asshole who just lands out from another planet uh, and just uh, takes all the resources from the planet while enslaving the uh, local inhabitants, uh, you're like this evil overlord who's in, who you know enslaves the uh, these things called minions. Uh, but they're pretty cool with it. Uh, and you're trying to revenge yourself on these seven heroes that uh, fucked up your predecessor's shit. Hmm. Oh, I remember that game. Yeah. Yeah, that was from 07, 08? Yes, a while back. Yeah, I couldn't stand the voices. The voices in the game were... Oh, yeah, Sharon, that was her like favorite part of the game is the voice. <laughs> Whenever she says colors now, she says it like uh, like a minion. It's green, blue. That's fantastic. Yeah, now nah, I hated that game. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't stand it. I'm pretty sure I usually left the room whenever whenever Danny started playing it. <laughs> like okay have fun and uh, I tried out the new Resident Evil game uh, 8 
or village. Is that the one everyone's losing their mind over with the uh, with the, the the big uh, the big lady? Twelve foot tall. Yeah, de, de, starts with a D. Yeah, Dimitrescu. Uh, yeah, I haven't met her yet. Uh, yeah. So I started it. I don't know. It's gameplay seems kind of annoying. Like it's you're kind of just like lumbering around like in first person, and I don't know. Just like it just seems like you know, like your bullets are like next to worthless. Like you have to go through an entire fucking clip to like wipe out like this half werewolf thing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, I, I'll get back into it, but just also I think I I should be playing like at night because the the game is dark. So like, and it's like right back, uh, and my TV is right next to the sliding door. You know the glass sliding door uh, thing so so there's a good amount of glare when it's like you know during the day a lot of the time so it's kind of so it's even like harder to see so yeah right 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 yeah and also it's a scary game so you should be scaring it up yeah it's little scary like it like Resident Evil kind of stopped trying to be scary for a while like I think maybe it's going back but uh yeah so playing that as well. I saw a uh, a fun community mod where uh that lady's hat gets bigger and bigger and bigger every single scene <laughs> cause she's got this huge big floppy hat right there. And it, uh, yeah, it gets as ridiculous as you think it does. Mm-hmm. Like, spanning the size of the scene itself and exploding beyond. But gradually. Right. Like, there's no way it's going to get big. It's bigger. Yeah, not too much football news. Um, yeah. could always just talk about Israel. Oh, hell yeah. Who doesn't want to talk about that? Uh, everyone who has an audience does not want to talk about that. <laughs> not really. Ah, yeah. Right, right, right. But since we don't... So here's <laughs> my opinion. You're wrong! Yeah. So, I was thinking about taking it to... Uh, talking about it in a slightly different way uh, than most people about who's... You know who's the good guys and who are the bad guys? Who's right and who's wrong? Uh, I'll say it doesn't matter. When is it like from a political standpoint of like or and trying to like move forward? When has that ever mattered? Like you can like and and everyone does like they come up with you know these anecdotal things of uh, these guys are the assholes and these anecdotal things of why you know we're the good guys and then just push with that like and if you you know and it depends on like when you're starting it, at what point in history like you know oh these guys did that and then these guys did that and then these guys did that right right so instead of kind of going into that which again 
I submit it does not matter. Like, not if you if you actually care about any of the people involved, the Israelis, the Palestinians, what's going on with them, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, you know. Like, who has the most good guy points? You know, it it doesn't matter. Um, so, I want to go over a few other things. Like, one thing that everyone can get behind uh, and feel comfortable with is blame the British. So, we're going all the way back. Yes. Yes. Pretty much any major conflict of people, you can pretty much go back to the British and them fucking it up, then leaving. It's like, oh, look at these guys. Look at the, how fucked up they are. Uh, <laughs> with, uh, yeah, it's not just them either. Yeah. You know, it's the Dutch, the Portuguese, the French, yeah, any colonial power. Yeah. Any... If you saw Exterminate All the Brutes on uh, HBO... It just came out. It's like a four-part miniseries. Man, that'll... Yeah, I mean, that's that's even some stuff that I didn't even really know about or really even think about. I mean, you know about colonialism in Africa, mm. but when you think about the size of Africa, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's like theft, rape, and murder on just this gargantuan scale that just... It boggles the mind. The, De- the Democratic Republic of Congo is twice the size of California and Texas combined. And that's a that's a chunk of Africa. Africa's fucking huge. Yeah. Not to fucking belabor not to, you know, get distracted here, but yeah, I mean to your point, what what the, the British they promised they promised, you know, Israel or at least the Palestine they promised Palestine to like three different people. Like three different major groups in like th- a span of 3 years or something like that. Yeah, uh, well, it was more than three years when he... So, they promised, you know, a country in Palestine to the Jews, uh, I think a little bit after World War Two, World War One, or something like that. Um, so that, you know, okay, there'll be a Jewish homeland. See, like, you know, after... So, okay, so taking that back a little bit further... Uh, almost the entire Middle East was ruled by the Ottoman Empire, which collapsed uh, at the end of World War One, uh, and is you know and is now Turkey. Uh, and then you had all these different regions, you know, and one of them was Palestine. And uh, the UK had a mandate for most of them. I think France was in there a little bit too, but uh, Palestine was run by the United Kingdom. All right. So then, yeah. So they, right. they, they promised, you know, some land to the Jews. Uh, and, you know, then you'd also make a, a country, you know, for the Arabs that were living there. But then you also had what was going on in uh, Arabia. So you had two major factions, the Saudis and the Hashemites, and you can figure out who ended up ruling Arabia <laughs> by the current name, right. Saudi Arabia. And called Hashemite Arabia. Yeah, no, it's not. So, so the Hashemites, um, they, they promised them their own kingdom, 
uh, or you know more land to rule over like after the Ottoman Empire fell and so uh, they basically decided to give Arabia to the Saudis and then uh, the this Heshmite king two both of his sons uh, one got Iraq and one got Jordan you know what would become Jordan and Jordan uh, the entirety of it was within the borders of Palestine and it's about three times larger as Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza uh, all put together. So when, uh, <clears throat> so when Israel was being formed, uh, you know, again, it was still run by uh, the, Britain, the British, you know, they had, you know, their military there. And then you had Jews buying up land and kind of developing it, like especially uh, around the Tel Aviv area. Tel Aviv is a relatively new city. It's not like biblical or anything. Um, they just kind of built that up from the ground up uh, post-World War II, I guess. Um, and then, but also what would happen, so you had a whole bunch of Jews coming in, you know, either from... Uh, you know, Europe from, you know, the Holocaust survivors, you had a whole bunch of Russian Jews coming in, you had some American Jews coming in, uh, and then uh, you also had a lot of Arabs coming in because there were, you know, unless you were part of the government, you know, in whatever country you were in, there were like no jobs, and, but, you know, these Jewish guys were building up infrastructure to create Israel. So there's a whole bunch of uh, labor jobs in Israel. So a whole bunch of Arabs came from, uh, you know, all over the Middle East into what, you know, into what was currently Palestine to, um, you know, to get a job. And so <clears throat> that's why there's so many Arabs in, you know, the West Bank and Gaza. It's not just, just you know, Palestinians, the people who were always there. There's also a lot of people who came in, you know, to, you know, get a job from uh, the Jews that were building up the infrastructure there. And they just, you know, didn't leave. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so that was happening. And then, and then you had the UN vote. Um, basically, you know, the vote was to uh, accept the Jewish state of Israel into the United Nations. Um, and you also had a, you know, kind of plan, like the proposed, um, borders for Israel and, uh, Palestine, you know, or, you know, whatever they wanted to call it, you know, the, the Arab, uh, country adjacent to Israel. And that will probably go down as the worst decision by the Palestinians of all time, because... The, the Jews, you know, accepted it. The Palestinians didn't. Uh, and if they did accept it, it, Israel would be significantly smaller than what it is right now. If they just, everyone just went well enough alone, like, Israel would be, like, really, really small. Uh, but uh, now it's just kind of small. So, anyway, so they rejected it. Um, and so... Then again, after shortly after the UN uh, vote came in, uh, there was a big war between the uh, Jewish settlers and you know all the surrounding uh, Arab nations. A lot of them were 
you know, basically brand new. Some of them, I don't think, were even countries yet, technically, you know, from a UN perspective. Uh, and so when the war ended, you know, whatever, whatever the the lines were at that point of time, that those were the borders. So the green line that people talk about, like with the West Bank and what should be the basis of uh, the negotiations between, you know, the Israelis and Palestinians for creating a Palestinian state, there, there's no cultural or any kind of uh, meaning, you know, meaningfulness to the green line. Besides, that's just where the, the fighting stopped between the Israelis and the Jordanians. So, so to the to the west of the Green Line was Israel, and then uh, east of the Green Line was uh, Jordan-controlled territory, which is the West Bank, uh, which uh, which included Jerusalem, or at least East Jerusalem. And then you had the Six Day War, which started with <clears throat> you have all the Arab states that I don't. No, I don't remember what the pretext was for why they were doing this. They built up; they were starting to build up their forces on the border of Israel, so it looked like they were going to attack. So instead of waiting for them to attack, Israel just, you know, did a preemptive strike and just kicked the shit out of them. So they took over the entire West Bank, uh, a large portion of the Sinai, and the Golan Heights. So the Golan Heights was from Syria, uh, which they kept. Uh, then the West Bank from Jordan, then the Sinai from Egypt. So, so uh, Syria and Israel never created any kind of uh, peace agreement because uh, Israel didn't want to let go of the Golan Heights, and that was a uh, kind of a requirement from Syria. But Israel deemed it uh, too much of a um, strategic advantage to give it up. So there's that. They did give up the Sinai to Egypt and signed a peace agreement with them. And Jordan didn't want the West Bank back. I don't think, yeah, I think because I think the, the people of the West Bank didn't want to be ruled over by, you know, these guys who were originally from Arabia. It's like, I don't fucking, why the fuck should I take orders from these assholes? Uh, and then Jordan's like, you know what, uh, don't, like, you know, come to Jordan or anything. Just uh, stay where you are, and uh, peace out, y'all. Uh-huh. So they, they didn't yeah, so they didn't, exactly. they didn't want the land back. And so Israel's kind of like, oh, okay, well, we don't want these to, you know. So, so they didn't just, so, they, so instead of, like, just saying, okay, this is now part of Israel, because so, if you did that, then all, you know, the shit ton of, Palestinians out there would, you know, you kind of had to make them Israeli citizens. And if you did that, then you would have a a small majority of Arabs, so you wouldn't even have a Jewish state of Israel anymore. Which, you know, you can, however you feel about that, whatever, Israel's just not going to do that. So, and that's also kind of, um, for anyone who thinks that there's a one-state solution out there, you're completely and hundred percent wrong. It will never happen ever because that because Israel will never willingly go to a Jewish minority. It's just they're not going to do that. So they they would hmm. rather just give you know 
East Jerusalem and the entire West Bank to the Palestinians then have a one state solution and have it like just all turn into one country which is it's just not going to happen hey everybody this is Bert uh, currently editing this episode I want to give a little bit more context here of why uh, it's so important to maintain a Jewish majority in Israel for the Jews um, Israel was created because of the Holocaust, essentially, and because uh, all the countries that uh, Nazi Germany uh, invaded and took over, uh, pretty almost entirely sold out its Jewish population, uh, with the one exception of Denmark. Uh, everyone else, Austria, um, Poland, France, um, they, you know, after they were conquered, they helped the Germans find and um, send the Jews to the concentration camps. So because of that, um, Jews have kind of um, less, what would you say, trust in the countries of the world to protect them if there are any kind of, you know, another Hitler that comes around. So uh, Jews feel that Israel needs to exist as a democratic Jewish state to protect all the Jews of the world, not just Israelis, uh, from anything close to the Holocaust happening again. So, just want to give that a little bit more context. Uh, thank you, and I hope you're enjoying the episode. And to give, you know, a little bit of scale here, because I think that's always kind of fun to, to think about. I had mentioned how big the DRC is in Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a superimposed image here of Israel in inside of Texas to stay with the same uh, <laughs> way of measuring that. Uh, the West Bank is about twice the size of Houston. Mm-hmm. And Israel itself is about... It's bigger than New Jersey. Yeah, it's around New Jersey size. Yeah, right, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's bigger than New Jersey, so... Kind of. I, I... We're fighting over Jersey. We're fighting over Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah th- th- this is not. Yeah, these are not particularly large amounts of land here. Right. So yeah, size not so important. Location pretty important. Location, location, location. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. You know. So why did everybody have to you know overlap? Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, can't we just do do a, do a, like a timeshare type of thing? <laughs> Like, you have it for this period of time. You know, yeah, you might have something there. So, yeah, you know. It's like, okay, everybody out. Why? It's our time. Oh, okay. And then from there... It's their turn. Right. So from there, from the Israeli perspective, <clears throat> um, then, you know, you try to have, uh, you know, peace talks and maybe have a two-state solution. And, you know, just didn't work out. And then you have a whole bunch of fighting between Israelis and Palestinians, and it it now just turns into, you know, things flare up. Uh, Hamas shoots thousands of rockets into Israel. Israel fucks their shit up, um, and yeah. then then they eventually stop because I, I think mostly because Hamas just starts running out of missiles, you know, uh, or whatever. So, and then it just keeps going like that every like five years or so perpetually so yeah once they uh, build up enough supply of rockets again to actually make enough noise 
Yeah. Or yeah, or, or just things just heat up to a certain point. I don't know. I not uh, privy to uh, Hamas's dealings. So, um, if they have any, from what it sounds like, they don't even fucking do anything. No, they do. I mean, they're basic politically speaking. I mean, they're they're like they're genuinely inept at governing anything. Out, kind of. So. I would say the Palestinian Authority is the most inept. They are completely fucking worthless. They are just... Oh, excuse me. I think I'm mixing, yeah. I'm mixing them yeah. up. Yeah, so the Palestinian Authority... Because the one in the Gaza Strip... Gaza Strip and West Bank ain't the same shit. No. That, that's another thing. You, you couldn't even really have a two-state solution. You'd have, like, a three-state solution uh, at this point. Right. So... So the Palestinian Authority is insanely corrupt. It basically just is there to suck the money from, you know, that the UN provides them, you know, in humanitarian aid, uh, and gives not a whole hell of a lot to, uh, the people. And Hamas kind of does that too, but, um, they more diversify with not just taking the money for themselves, but also buying a shit ton of, uh, rockets and creating, uh, large tunnel systems, which, uh, kind of get destroyed during, uh, these little spats that they have with the Israelis. Uh, priorities. Priorities. Now, now w- the thing with all of this, and I think this doesn't really get talked about enough, every, the more and more this happens, the more and more people on both sides get pissed off at each other, the less likely that there's going to be a peace agreement. Uh, I know from the you know Israeli side, they feel, hey, we've tried this a whole bunch of times. You know, we keep getting attacked, and you have to live with you know these air raid sirens. Sirens. You know, some of the rockets come f- through. You know, the kidnappings and I mean all this shit. Like, you know, why should we even bother? It's not you know we don't trust. Hamas, certainly not Hamas or Palestinian Authority to do anything. So, so then you have kind of more of the the hardliners on the Israel side who just kind of just trying to push the uh, Palestinians further and further away until they just cross the Jordan, <laughs> like just push, just one day just want to just push them all into the Jordan River or as far back as they can to the West Bank. Is they keep building up settlements more and more out east, which is you know dangerous right. and uh, puts more of a strain on the IDF to protect all of them. And then you you know you get into you know okay, there's people there's Jewish people being born in the in the West Bank and they're Israelis, and you have Arabs being born in the West Bank. You know they're not they're Palestinians. Uh, and they don't have the same kind of rights. So then you start talking about apartheid, which is not true because if that was true, you wouldn't have the uh, you know Arab Israeli citizens get you know, being able to you know they have all the you know they have the same rights. They can vote the uh, the joint list, which is a very large Arab party. I think it's like the third largest party in the Knesset, which is the Israeli Parliament. They're represented. Um, can they travel? They can travel. Yeah, they as easily across the border. They can travel easier across the border, I think, because 
Well, I'm not. So, so I don't know. So, so that, I'm I'm just yeah. genuinely asking. Like, if we're gonna say apartheid doesn't exist, or so, so they. I mean, if if you're going off your intuition off of this shit, I mean intuition. If you're going off of what everybody's fucking talking about, so and you only hear about yes. it, that's basically what I'm going off of. Arabs don't have any different. You know. Arabs don't have any different passport than Jews do, as far as citizens go. So they have the same driver's license. They have the same passport. So. They can go anywhere. Well, no. Let's say I work. Let's say I work in in West Jerusalem, but I live in the West Bank. What's that like? Do you do you have any idea? You live in the like. It, I mean, it, you got to travel across a road. So if you, is so, it as simple so, as so if, driving into work? If you're an Arab in the West Bank, then you're almost certainly not an Israeli citizen. If you if like say you're born in the West Bank, like you're you're not an Israeli as an Arab um, so you would have to be in a, an Arab Israeli who f- for some reason decided to move to the West Bank but also work in Israel uh, I mean you, you go in the same you go in the same line as all the Jewish Israelis who would be going from the West Bank to West Jerusalem yeah there wouldn't be a difference because uh, you have the same passport you got the same driver's license Another thing, yeah, I'm taking and, a look and, at it here, and you can't do it by racial profiling. Because here's another thing that a lot of people don't know: people, some people, especially on the far left, think that you know this is some kind of white supremacy thing, that you know the white Jews are taking over the land. Half the Jews in, in Israel are originally from Arab countries who were thrown out of their their homes, their lands, and all their money taken away because of the creation of Israel, they threw them out and they had to go to Israel. That's half of the Jewish population is Israel is purely Semitic, just the same as any Arab. The next largest is Ashkenazi, which is a mix of uh, pretty much 50-50 Italian and ancient Israelite, which is Semitic. Uh, Then you also have uh, the Sephardic Jews who live there that are, uh, I think, more Semitic more Semitic blood than the Ashkenazis, but they're the small, they're a pretty small uh, portion of the Jewish population. And that, then you have the Arabs that are of mixed Palestinian and other Arab countries, and then you have the Bedouins who were used to be nomadic people who can't be because of all the border, you know, of all the countries that formed, uh, who live in southern Israel. And then you have the Druzim. Who are these uh, mountain people who practice a different religion uh, than Islam, but it's similar? And their symbol is a five-pointed colored uh, star, and each point of the star has a different color to it. Um, so, so yeah, so there's no you can't really you know racial profile because half the Jews you know look like Arabs, uh, and so. Yeah, so if you're an Arab Israeli going to and from the uh, West Bank into Israel, I mean, it's it's the same line as the Jewish Israelis. Still got a lot of research to do on that. Sure. One. Yeah, and you know, pe- people should. It. I'd love to know more about it to understand what it means to cross the border between the West Bank and Israel. Because you just because well, just because of what you said of well, I, a, as a, an as a, an Israeli. Mm-hmm. Born in the West Bank is an Israeli citizen. A Jew 
is, yeah. I, I don't... Specifically a Jew. I think so. I, I think if, say... It, That's where it, it gets confusing. Yeah, if an Israeli-Arab couple has a kid in the West Bank, I don't know if that person is automatically an Israeli citizen. That You, you do have... I'm not going to say Jews don't have an easier time uh, in Israel because, like, one of the things that are uh, that's uh, was kind of like the flashpoint was evicting uh, Palestinians from their homes in East Jerusalem. So there's a law where Jews can reclaim their lost land from the wars, but Arabs don't have that same. Uh, ability to do that now you wouldn't have that as much for Israeli Arabs because they're they're Israelis because they stayed where they were so but still like the the law is specific to Jews and there are some things that are kind of shitty that way and you know I, I can understand why Arabs would be you know pissed off about yeah they're not getting evicted man they're getting this shit just knocked down, and they're getting boated out. So, no, well, the, that's forced removal. That ain't eviction. Eviction's a legal process. No, there, no, th- that, those are two different things. So, there's evictions, which are kind of going on right now, where the descendants of the people who originally owned the house are trying to take it back, and that is a legal process. It, it's, it's had, and it's still like ongoing. The process. It's not like. That it was decided, and then you know all these riots started. Uh, it's like an ongoing process, and no, I, I could see why the uh, you know Palestinian people would be pissed off about it. Now it's now these are Palestinians, Arabs, not Israeli Arabs that this is happening to. There's that distinction. Um, but th- there's mm. also okay. now there's also other things again, and by trying to. Be fair to everyone. Um, in the West Bank, in certain parts of it, like there's different zones, and uh, in m- most of the zones, it's the Israeli government that decides what you know what can be built. You know, it has to go through this approval process, and they get approved by Jews a whole hell of a lot more than by Arabs, and so they ended up just you know <clears throat> building wherever the hell. Some of them just build wherever the hell they want and then from a you know legal standpoint Israel can just you know knock that shit over it's like well you didn't get the you know permit for it it's like well you didn't approve it yeah sucks so th- there is yeah, <laughs> yeah right yeah there, there's a very <laughs> there's a sucks. very right wing slant to the Jew- to the Israeli government right now uh, where they are basically just trying to slowly push them more and more out east uh, and put more right, and more. Right, right. So, you know, yeah, that... <clears throat> now, I will say that didn't used to be... Because, the, that, because we also happen to be talking about the best farmland in that entire area. Mm. Now, it didn't used to be so right-wing, the, you know, Israeli um, parliament. But, again, because people get more and more pissed off with all the fights between each other, they become less and less sympathetic to the other side's cause. You know, and this is both sides. So, it's, if you keep going like this, it's not going to get any better. You know, 
whoever side you're on, you know. Uh, I'll say that. Um, Let's see what... Yeah, no doubt. So... So, yeah, so, so the more fighting there is, the more people are like, you know what? I don't give a shit if you make life harder for these people because fuck these people. You know, and that's it, just going to keep growing. It, it, it just, you know, it, if you lived somewhere and these, you know, there were people who were <clears throat> shooting rockets at you for whatever reason, like thousands of rockets, and so you had all these air range sirens going on all the time at night. And, you know, throw, you know, and also, like, say, if you're on the border of Gaza and Israel, like, even, like, during, like, quote-unquote, peaceful times, they keep, like, sending these balloons filled with, um, um, you know, with, with, like, gasoline or whatever, you know, these balloons that are used as incendiary bombs to, you know, start fires in Israel. And, you know, you just keep having that, and then, you know, they create these tunnels, and they try to kidnap people, uh, and all this shit, and also the uh, Palestinian Authority pays tens of thousands of dollars to families of uh, people who, you know, just murder Israelis, it doesn't matter if they're soldiers, like, it could be like a 13-year-old girl, you know, your family gets paid out tens of thousands of dollars, the population of Israel is going to keep getting more and more pissed off, it's like, you know what, fuck you. You know, and they just turn a blind eye to like, you know, things that are actually, you know, fucked up because they just stop caring. It's like, you know what? Fine. Do whatever you want. Just push these assholes out. I don't want to deal with them anymore. And then on the, you know, then on the Palestinian side, it's like, oh, you know, they're, you know, doing more and more fucked up shit. We're going to get more and more pissed off and, you know, attack them more. It's just like, it's the... It's getting to the point where, you know, you have these cycles of violence and the biggest assholes on both sides are just doing what they want to do. Now, on the Palestinian side, that's a bad thing because you're not going to win this. <laughs> because Israel is so right. much... Yeah, and, it's like, what, where do you, who do you think you're going up against, you know? Yeah. It's, but it doesn't matter if it's one... If for that one single family that pulls it off, pulls it off, meaning, you know, they... They, you know, they fucking kill somebody. Yeah, and then they get paid. And they get a payout. It's like winning the fucking lottery. So, and also, like, now, there's a good amount of, like, media coverage, you know, that's pro-Palestinian. And I guess that that's kind of the, that's the way they're trying to win, is through, you know, changing the minds of people. But in actuality, it's not really working. Because I've... I look on so many different media sites, BBC, CNN, Fox, uh, Jerusalem Post, and you know what I don't hear? I hear next to nothing from these Arab countries who used to be like, you know, hollering and, you know, denouncing Israel. Now that they have, you know, are creating these deals of Israel to, you know, help, you know, you know, become trade partners or whatever, magically... They don't give a shit anymore about the Palestinians. And that's happening all over the world where, you know, Israel is doing deals with other countries, you know, India, United States, you know, the Arab, you know, the Sunni Arab countries, you know, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, you know, the, not Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic. 
and then right. then they don't you know then the, their government's like oh you know you know uh, we hope for peace before the umpteenth time and then when there is a ceasefire which now there is everyone just shuts the fuck up about it and goes about their day and lets things just keep happening the way they are until there's another rollover in violence and it's the same song and dance the Palestinians are not winning this in any arena really so I would say just it it's a big fucking mess because you're not going to get anywhere with either one of the governments that are running the Palestinians from Gaza or the West Bank. And I would say that's the biggest block to the peace process. Netanyahu's not doing anybody any favors, but I would say that's where it has to start. And also, <clears throat> also from the Israeli perspective and not wanting to, uh, you know, give anything to the Palestinians... Gaza used to be uh, the same as the West Bank in that it was occupied by Israel. You had Israeli settlers there. And then Ariel Sharon, the, the Prime Minister of Israel at the time, decided, you know what, fine, we're going to completely pull out. We're going to take all, all the settlers out. They're going to call the soldiers Nazis, like as they're pulling them out, <coughs> which they totally fucking did. Um, but they pulled every single Jewish person out of there and say, you run yourself, Hamas immediately took over and fucked the whole place up. And if, so people calling for, you know, the end of the occupation of the West Bank, you don't know what you're asking for. 100% Hamas will take over from the Palestinian Authority and it's going to turn just like it is in Gaza. Yeah, got to have a better uh, replacement strategy. You can't just fucking... And can't take out, and you know that the one force keeping things and keeping the keeping the bullshit in check. Yep. The bullshit being terrorism and complete ineptitude. Yep. And that you know, and that force is of course one-sided. You know, just by definition, because you have you know citizens living there and non-citizens living there. Who are they going to you know give preferential treatment to? They're citizens. That's it. You know, it. the whole situation is fucked. But from, you know, from my perspective, and, you know, I'm a Jewish person. I'm, uh, I was born in the States, but I'm also an Israeli citizen. So is, you know, the rest of my family. This is what I see is the real problem. It, and why it's, people say it's complicated and they don't explain why it is. This is why it is, because you're you're fucked either way until you, the Palestinians just create like a new government, which would be really hard, especially in Gaza, which would be almost impossible because they just run that place like you know with an iron fist. Like you know, like Hamas is going to see powers like oh okay, well I guess we got voted out. Um, <clears throat> they also you know they got voted in now. That's another reason why Israelis like, oh, well, they just, Palestinians just love terrorism, so fuck them. I would say that's not the reason why they voted for Hamas. Hamas is basically the Muslim Brotherhood, which took over Egypt for a little while. And they're, how they're able to do that is they have the resources to campaign. They give promises like, hey, you know, we'll feed you, you know, here, and here's food. You know, they, you know, they give food to the poor. 
Uh, they give all you know these nice promises, how you know we're going to take care of things, we have the money to do that, um, and the know-how. And so, every, so everyone just votes for them. They sweep in, and it's like, well, that whole democracy thing sure was fun. Done. We take over. Go fuck yourselves. And it's the same thing. So that happened in Egypt. They tried to do it in Egypt. Then the military's like, mm, no, we're going to take over again. And it happened successfully in Iran where, you know, basically the, uh, the Islamic militants took over uh, and basically erased most of the democracy. So, like, in Iran, the Ayatollah controls everything. You, they have a parliament there, which is dem- democratically uh, elected, but the Ayatollah has to approve every person running for parliament. So it's only their guys that can get in. And that's that's the situation uh, with the Palestinians. Like, you, you have completely inept and non-democratically elected assholes in the Palestinian Authority, and then you have a whole bunch of psychos in Hamas. What What is anyone, you know, and Israel can't just like, you know, hey, we'll just completely wipe out Hamas, and uh, you guys can just uh, elect a new government that I'm sure will be totally awesome. Now, you can't do that. Um, so what the hell are you going to do? And that's, that's what, that's the real situation, is that you can't move the pieces in a way that will change things the way they're set up now. That's about it. So anyone listening, hey. I think it's worth bringing. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Just to leave the uh, podcast on a a positive note. uh, Check out The (laughs) Art of War, uh, which was a documentary about uh, Northern Ireland and Ireland during the Troubles, which isn't, of course, the same situation at all. But it's got a little bit of overlap there in terms of a border. Sure, I can see that. And in terms of an island, and in terms of, you know, two religious groups with seeming overlap culturally going back hundreds of years. And there not being much of a, really, any kind of hope in sight of any uh, any of it ending. Now, the amount of violence, I think, that ha- you know, took place is definitely not. I'm not sure what the numbers are, but it, it still existed. Yeah, no, there's... and it still existed for. And it also <laughs> at the at the end of that one, you can also blame the British. Yeah, and there was also a bunch of terrorism and stuff like that. And the only way that it really started going forward was through uh, art, uh, people's murals, because mural work in those areas it was weaponized at one point Mm. it was you know it went from hey if you're in this neighborhood you better watch out and watch your ass and you better watch what you say and who you're talking to because you're in this territory now and eventually that kind of artwork got banned and the only artwork that was allowed was commemorative (laughs) artwork for whoever got killed that what in whatever incident you know this pub got blown up or this child got killed yeah and eventually the artwork started having crossover like the artists started talking to each other and started working with each other so mm-hmm. yeah 
conversation, talking. Sure. And it's the only way that anything ever gets fixed. Yeah. Better communication. Yeah, and the solution is, you know, not, it's... Blo- <clears throat> not, not blowing up news buildings. Right. Well, well, because you're talking about the the one in uh, Gaza where you know, Israel said, "Oh, they're the Hamas was in that building as well, and they evacuated it." I, I anyway. So, but yeah, going back to your point, um, yeah, and the the solution is, of course, you know, beyond you know, hidden from everyone because if. You know, if it was ready to apparent, it would have happened already. Uh, but, you know, it has been going longer. And also, as far as that goes, I, I thought, like, another big portion was it was because of the uh, the European Union and where they didn't have to have a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland because of the European Union. Yeah, that helped stop it. Yeah. And now, here we are... We're having those same conversations with Brexit because it's already starting back up again. Because the second, and that's what's holding up Brexit. That's the thing that's holding up. That's one of the big things, yeah. Because the second they put a wall back up, the second they put a barrier back up, the violence is going to come back. That shit's going to come, yeah, for sure. The second it does, over what? Eggs? Give me a fucking break. Yeah, Yeah, but that's kind of the big hold up. So, no doubt. Yep. But all we can do is hope that, you know, something does change. Uh, you know, they see a crack in the wall of, again, this, how many times has this exact scenario happened over and over again now? Like, now it's not even, like, different at all. Like, you know, you used to, like, have different types of things happening, you know, between the Israelis and Palestinians. It's the exact same thing as it's been, like, the past, like, four or five times. Like, almost, like, you you could have, like, new news articles from, like, you know, 12 years ago and read them now, like, oh, oh, that's what happened today? Yeah, and you'd believe it because it just completely lines up, so. Right. So, yeah, I have to break the cycle somehow. Somebody has to do something. I, I personally, I think it kind of has to either be on the Palestinian side or or these uh, the Gulf Arab nations have to do something I don't know what it is but uh, you know I hope, hope for a two state solution um, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with Gaza but <laughs> there you go but uh, or three state solution whatever a solution where you have People just living in peace and don't have to worry about dying, you know. And and hopefully, you I know, know. I got room in my place. I got room at my place. There we go. And, Seventeen state solution. And, Seventeen million state solution. And yeah, no, it would be good if. Why don't you just come? Why don't you just come on up? Build a functional Palestine. Israel invests in it, and you know, you start mending things and you start investing in each other, and you know, who knows what could happen in the future? So. Here's hoping. No doubt. Next year in Israel, everybody. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you got anything else, Matt? No. Did we get any fan mail? No. <laughs> Did we get any new listeners? Uh, not really. 
Okay, then. Just checking. Did the president call? Uh, yes. Wait, wait, which one? <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. Yeah, no, nah, no. nobody called. Uh... Oh shit! Didn't we have a didn't we have like a cliffhanger on one episode and I totally forgot about it? Yeah, I think there's like some kind of. I'm gonna have to go back two two or three episodes here. Mm. <laughs> Tune in next week when I actually remembered my cliffhangers. <laughs> All right, so you can write us in at hope something sticks at gmail dot com, um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Peace.